Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for well-qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Christine Flowers needs no introduction. Uh, you know her. She's an attorney. I don't know how she has time for it all. Uh, immigration attorney, and that's your, that's your skill set, but also famous in Philadelphia, national um, columnist, as well as we see you on 6ABC on Sundays, and I could go on and on. But I loved your, your latest headline that you were talking about um, U.S. Senator, Pennsylvania Senator, John Fetterman, and the dress code. <laughs> well, my darling, first of all, uh, can I say that I really would just rather just listen to you talk oh, because sorry. that was, no, I'm, I'm dead serious. That was um, a magisterial uh, explanation, particularly that last part when you were talking about Officer Dial. If I could just very, very quickly address that. Yeah, um, Brian McMonagall is a legend, and I'm very glad that Officer Dial has him representing him because I know that he will be able to get these ridiculous, um, uh, exaggerated, excuse me, hostile, mean-spirited charges um, reduced from first-degree murder to um, either voluntary or involuntary manslaughter. And I do find that Larry Krasner presumes intent um, and malice only when a police officer is the defendant, when anyone else commits a crime. For example, um, Michael White, who stabbed Sean Schellinger in the back, killing him five years ago. Um, and that young man was set free because of the low charges that the district attorney's office lodged against him. Um, or the killers of Sergeant Robert, oh my goodness, I'm going to forget his last name, but the hero cop who was killed in the line of duty at the video store, uh, he would not put the death penalty on the table for his killers. None of those, obviously, were police officers that were doing the shooting and the killing. Um, so the only time that Larry Krasner really, really believes that anyone is out there with malice aforethought and hostility uh, is when the accused is a police officer, and we've seen that over and over and over again, and I am very glad that Brian McMonagall is going to be in the arena against Larry Krasner and his incompetent assistant district attorneys who have been castigated from the bench in Philadelphia many times because of their incompetence. So many of them are incompetent. So many of them failed the bar the first time around. So that's my opinion of the DA's office in Philadelphia. And I send Godspeed and good wishes to Officer Dial, his family, and his brothers and sisters in arms in the Philadelphia Police Department. Beautifully said. 
Yeah, and, and Christine Flowers, it's um, it was Sar- you were you were recalling Sergeant Robert Wilson the third. Thank dad. you, Remember Robert he- Wilson. And in, it seems like yesterday it was 2015, and he was buying his son right a video game gift. Yeah, and these on two his brothers birthday, oh on my his God. son's birthday. Oh. Yeah, yeah, I remember it was, and and thank you so much. I I, I blanked on his last name, and I wrote three columns about him. So yeah. you know, it shows you my age. Um, it, no, it was you just- know what? You know what it shows? Let me interrupt you. You know what it shows? Too many. We've had too many of these police-involved shootings. Yeah, and exactly. and that's and that's on that's tragic in and of itself. Go Dawn, on. you were here that period. Um, it was maybe 15 years ago, or for an 18-month period, we had police officers falling in the line of duty almost every other month. And, you know, it, it just, and I can't even name all of them. Um, Officer Patrick O'Connor, um, Officer um, Stephen Lisbinski, uh, I mean, and, and the list goes on. It was just horrific. And there were funerals. Most of this was, some of it, I believe, was under Timoney. Um, it, it just, it, it was tragic. And now to see that we have a prosecutor who not only does not work with law enforcement, the police, but who openly, actively despises the police. He openly, actively despises the police. To see that is a disgrace. Because who suffers? Sure, the police officers who are wrongly charged, but we do. The innocent citizens of the city of Philadelphia who are stuck with an ideologue at the head of the the DA's office. It's it's just horrific. You know, what you made me think of also was um, Officer Chuck Cassidy. Yes, Remember? And another hero cop. And I think of his widow, Judy. She always said that he made spaghetti dinner on Sunday nights and cleaned up afterwards. So, of course, I always say to Larry, well, Chuck Cassidy's in heaven, say you should help me clean up the spaghetti dinner. But I, but, but we think, you know, you think of, and I, it was the fall, it was in October, it was right around Halloween, right, like 2017, 2018, yeah. when that happened. And we think of all these officers who killed in the line of duty, like, you know, Officer Cassidy and his family, his daughters who didn't have dad to give him away at the wedding and, and yeah. all of that. And that's, I think, the point that you make, Christine Flowers, is that... It would be different if we had a DA who who hung his head and said, "This is so sad that we have to we have to charge an officer," and right. and would sort of you know begrudgingly do that, or or you know that say, "This is so rare, this is so rare, and it's awful for, for 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 all of us." But there is sort of this feeling that he he almost enjoys it, and and that's the and I hope that's not true, but that is the feeling that I think so many of us get. I think you're more generous than I am. I think it's true. I think he salivates over it. I think he just, he is so happy. And I don't even think that he really cares about the publicity. I think this is a part of his character and his nature. He grew up, um, you know, obviously as a, as a liberal, as a progressive uh, social justice warrior. He was a defender, um, public defender, federal defender, and I think um, state public defender for many, many years. I mean, he jumped from that position into being the prosecutor. And I blame the voters of the city of Philadelphia, both those 
those who voted for him, that small percentage that voted for him, and the vast majority who just stayed home, the vast majority who just shrugged their shoulders and said, well, you know, what's it going to matter? You know, I'm not a Democrat. So, you know, I, I am outraged anytime I hear anybody say, well, the Democrats have a stranglehold. Well, they do, but they have that stranglehold because everybody else out there who's sitting in their, their rocking chairs, eating their Wawa hoagies and just complaining about everything that's happening, they don't march their butts over to the voting poll, you know, to the polls and try and make a difference. They don't care. They didn't do it with when, when, you know, a great candidate like Chuck Peruto was running against, um, um, you know, um, oh God, <laughs> Krasner this time around. And, and they just let it happen. So I'm, you know, mm-hmm. although I feel bad for the rank and file citizens of the city of Philadelphia, I almost want to point my finger at them and say, it's your fault. Yeah. What did you do to stop this? Yeah. Nothing. Well, and, and to your point, talking about, talking about voters and who they've chosen. That brings us to United States Senator John Fetterman, your latest column in, or one of your latest columns in uh, Broad and Liberty, talking about the the respect and the dress code. So take us, take us through it. Okay, so... Your reaction. Um, okay, well, uh, this all stems from my spending 13 years in Catholic girls' school in uniforms. Okay, so as I said in my piece, I started my piece saying I'm the last person in the world to criticize anyone for not being stylish. I spent from 1967 until 1979, no, 1965 until 1979 in schoolgirl uniforms. And they were all the same. They were all navy blue jumpers except for the last year when I was a senior and we got to choose. And then I had a pink and maroon kilt. It was actually very <laughs> stylish. It was very cute. Um, but I, I myself don't know how to choose my clothing. So <laughs> if I find something I like, I get it in black, I get it in a few other neutral colors, and that's it. So again, I'm not, I'm not Naomi Campbell over here pointing the finger saying, oh, you know, why isn't he dressed more stylishly? This is terrible. I am, however, a person who understands that you dress appropriately for the occasion. I don't wear jeans in my office when I'm seeing a client. I don't show cleavage when I go into a courtroom as if, you know, I don't, I, 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 I dress appropriately for the occasion. And if I were the senator, of Pennsylvania, I would wear suits if I were a man, and I would wear a tie, and I wouldn't have scruffy facial hair, and I would not schlump around like I didn't even want to be here. I would show respect to my constituents, to my colleagues, to my state, and actually make an effort not to look like a slovenly slob, which is what John Fetterman looks like on a daily basis. And I'm sorry, he looks like some version of American Gothic when he's standing next to his wife. It, it is who has blocked me on Twitter, by the way. Uh-huh. I guess, gee, I'm so surprised that she's blocked me on Twitter with the things that I'm saying. It just, to me, Dawn, it, it, it is, it's, it's emblematic of his flipping the bird to the people of the Commonwealth of Pennsylvania, who, by and large, do not support him. There was a percentage of people who voted for him, and then a large percentage of people who didn't vote, and then a significant portion of people who voted against him. And had he not had a relatively weak opponent in the general election, he would not be in office right now. So I, you know, and I supported Dr. Oz, but unfortunately... 
there was, you know, there, there, the, the fix was already in for Fetterman because they hid his medical debilitation from the public for so long until it was too late, until he had that meltdown at the, at the debate, but all of the mail-in votes had been gathered. And, um, oh, by the way, I, you know, to sort of segue very, very quickly, what Josh Shapiro is doing with this motor voter law, with yes. the DMV law is devastating because as an immigration attorney, I can tell you that if a lawful permanent resident, if someone who is here legally but who is not a citizen votes in a federal election, they have pretty much just put the nail in the coffin of their ever being able to stay in the United States or getting citizenship because that is one of the acts that make you excludable from the United States. And a lot of them are going to, you know, be saying, well, I didn't know this, you know, this was a mistake. They told me that I could sign up and everything. Yeah, sure. But the pro- he's creating a problem that doesn't need to be there in the first place. These motor voter laws are dangerous. And for Democrats to be out there pushing this, it shows that they don't give a flying squirrel fig about the rights of immigrants and protecting lawful permanent immigrants who are here in the United States. But back to Fetterman. <laughs> I just, <laughs> Thanks for getting for that, that off. It's like uh, immigration attorney Tourette's. You know, just kind of went off. <laughs> I love, I love that. <laughs> IAT. That's what I'm going to put on my business cards from now on. I have that. But, you know, no, I, wanted, but- I wanted to ask you about this because I do remember back in the day that there was dress code talk for women. You know, it didn't get as much play as Fetterman is getting, but women in Congress were told, you know, you cannot bare your shoulders with the popular, like, sleeveless dress, that sort yeah. of thing. And yeah. so we're talking, to me, I just laughed at it because we're talking more about Fetterman's hoodie and gym shorts <laughs> than the, the, all the rules for women, for example, in Congress. I don't know. I digress. Well, it- it is. It is. I mean, I mean, I was I was at the Vatican uh, um, like last year, and you can't go into the Vatican if you have bare shoulders. And so, you know, they there there are. Listen, I'm fine with that. There are circumstances where you need to make an effort to dress appropriately, and there are certain sober, solemn in, environments where you need to just sort of suck it up and put on a tie. And if you can't tie that tie, buy a clip-on. You know, like my brothers did at St. Joe's Prep for all those years. I'm, I'm you know, spilling their secrets right now that they couldn't tie their own ties. But, you know, clip-ons are great for those occasions. <laughs> to, to me, it just, you know what it is? Again, it's emblematic of arrogance, of disrespect, of of saying that, the rules don't apply to me, and shame on Chuck Schumer, shame on Chuck Schumer for folding to this man who is being lauded and heralded as some kind of wonderful example of a, you know, an icon of how he's put mental health out in the public sphere. First of all, he, he did not do that. There were a lot of people who talked about mental health well before John Fetterman stumbled into it. Um, but and and i also think this has something to do with his medical condition because yeah. i think that he is he's suffering from clinical depression he's not cured he's he's not in a good space and so they're trying to do everything they possibly can to keep johnny happy to keep johnny stable to keep johnny from falling over the edge and if it ha- you know if he has to wear cargo shorts to make him happy let's let him wear cargo shorts to make him happy this it's not like he's wearing chinos and a shirt that you know with the rolled up sleeves on he's wearing hoodies and cargo shorts yeah. and bare feet 
were, you know, not wearing socks and wearing sneakers. And this is our senator. This is This is like, you know, when Mr. Smith goes to Washington, it's almost like Mr. Slob goes to Washington. I'm just, I'm, I'm beyond myself with this. I'm very upset. So, yes, Catholic schoolgirl angst over here. And that's what was the genesis of my column in Broad and Liberty. Yeah, and I, you know, you, because you talked about it, one of the signs of depression is not being able to to dress yourself or dress well, and that is a, a major sign of depression when, you know, when we talk to psychologists and all of that. So it just feels like they're putting this individual who, you know, suffered some kind of, he suffered the stroke, it looks like he's still recovering from the, the damage yeah. from that, yeah. and so it just feels in a way that it's also cruel. That they're, it is cruel. You know what I mean? They're putting this person in this position, not only the voters, but him as an individual. It's just well, horrible. And, and, and you're kinder. You're, you're, you're very empathetic, and I, and, I, and I appreciate that. You're being much more kind, Christian, um, <laughs> sympathetic um, of a human being because you're looking at it as a um, sort of a manifestation of, of his problems. And, and perhaps I should look at it that way as well. But I'm, I'm just angry because he's now he's making fun of the rest of us by printing up t-shirts and selling them with the comments that people have made about him as if he's mocking people for having an issue with his lack of 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 respect for Congress and for the people who elected him. And yeah, I do think this is tied in very closely mm-hmm. to his medical condition, which begs the question should he even be there? Yeah. Should he be going through rehab while he is a U.S. senator? Should he be going through rehabilitation before our very eyes? It's, you know, the sen- senators are not works in progress. This is, we deserve competent leadership. And it, it just doesn't seem that we're getting it either with this senator, the junior senator, or with the senior senator. And it's it's very upsetting, and they've circled the wagons around him, and everybody can see what's happening. And you know, we're saying that the emperor the emperor has no clothes. The emperor is wearing a hoodie, um, and nobody is 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 taking us seriously. And the pushback is, oh, you're an evil, cruel person yes. if you make those comments. You're mocking him. The people who are evil and cruel are the people who put him in this position, and who are basically hanging him out to dry. And in that, I include his family. I'm just, mm-hmm. I'm, 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 I'm angry with and for him. Yeah. So absolutely. And it would be Shapiro. I know that there's some timeline of events, and we've talked about that. But it would be Governor Shapiro who would then, at some point, if if Fetterman left the job, Shapiro would would it wouldn't be a special election, which I think it should be. But I think Shapiro would get to a point who he wants. So that I think that's an interesting one to watch the timeline. Um, I wanted to get to something that you said about the controversial Lauren Boebert after her date night went hor- horribly wrong. And, and that is, you know, you were tweeting out about it. Looking at that and the fact that she may very well lose her congressional seat because of this, just your thoughts as far as the latest that her soon-to-be ex-husband um, came out and and admitted and just said for the voters of her district, please forgive her. Apparently, they, this was an abusive situation. He confessed to cheating on her, being unfaithful, and he's basically saying she went out on a date, dressed up to feel good about herself, 
or had low self-esteem and is putting it all on him, that this was in part his fault because he cheated on her. And I didn't realize, Christine, I did not realize her full backstory, that at 16 she was very poor, you know, her parents were on welfare, she was raised as a Democrat, at 16 was working at McDonald's, met her now husband, soon to be ex, he was 22, she was 16, she ultimately got pregnant and had her first of four children her senior year in high school just when she turned 18, got her GED, went on to get union jobs, worked through all of those. There's a part of me, and I know you say, like, I am empathetic and sympathetic. She, every odd has been against this woman. Like, I do, there's part of me, even though she has to be accountable for what she did, even though she's apologized, on the other hand, she's somebody, if she were a Democrat, the Democrats would rally around her and say, look at this woman's life. And the fact that she made it to Congress is unbelievable. Just your thoughts on, because we, we've learned more in the, even in the past 48 hours about her. Well, I will say this, um, and I very strongly came out against her actions yes. um, for a number of days. And, you know, I... I stick with what I said initially because the the conduct is, again, unbecoming to a member of Congress. If I'm going to attack AOC for being, uh, you know, a joke dancing around and, and, and doing all of her selfies and pretending that she was in danger on um, January 6th when she wasn't, um, and if I'm going to go after Nancy Pelosi and calling her Botox Betty, and if I'm going, <laughs> you know, and, and I do, I go after, I, I, ma- I make fun of a lot of liberal Congresswomen who just rub me the wrong way, I cannot then stand back and excuse the behavior of Lauren Boebert simply because she's, you know, from my side or, you know, mm-hmm. at least we have some things that philosophical points in common. That would be hypocritical of me. That being said, um, I also did see last night that she was being attacked by Howard Stern, you know, the paragon of virtue yes. and morals in our society. <laughs> and I said, that almost makes me just go with Team Bobert. <laughs> I think, yeah, I, I think the, the point is, yes, her actions were reprehensible. I mean, people were trying to excuse that. That got me even angrier. There were men out there saying, saying some like really creepy things on my feed that I had to block them all about, hey, haven't you ever been felt up, Christine? I'm like, okay, you know, <laughs> no, don't think that's we're going to go in that direction, okay? Uh, 12 years of Catholic school. Um, but I do, I from what you're saying, and there is more of a backstory, I, I do understand um, the uh, dynamic of abused women, and I deal with them all the time, and sometimes they act out in ways that are inappropriate, from the outside that maybe if you understood what was happening to them in the moment when they were being abused um, and the repercussions of that, you would have more empathy. You meaning you would definitely have more empathy. I am, I am, you know, I am a, I am a rhymes with rich, but I, I, I do, I do understand um, that perhaps there were reasons for her doing what she did and I do have um, a great deal of sympathy for her as far as that's concerned so there will there will be no more mean Bobert tweets <laughs> <laughs> no, I just you know we're putting all this out there and at once for for a purpose that you have on one hand the media just falls all over itself with somebody like U.S. Senator John Fetterman and his dress code and his conduct and and some of the you know some things are just curious let's say 
and he gets a pass on everything. Then you have, you know, others who get a complete pass. And I think of the, the porn queen, the, what's it called? Chatterbait, the one in Virginia. And she's, you know, naked on porno things, making money off of it. When even yeah. the porno site says you're not allowed to ask for money. And that's all okay. And the, and she's, you know, the, the women's groups are standing up for her. And here we have somebody who, right. as a teenager, you right, know, right. Um, by the way, senior year was basically kicked out of school because she's pregnant. She kept her baby. That's and right. Shows she life. kept her child. That's right. That's and now right. a mom of four. And and she, now we learn, and this the divorce happened. They released the 911 call. The divorce proceedings happened, last, started last May. Her son, uh, one of her four sons, calling 911 because there was an abusive domestic situation. Yeah. So when I looked at that, I said, wow, you know, look at the way, and again, not excusing her for her conduct the evening and then lying about vaping. And she's apologized. She's come out mm-hmm. repeatedly. She has owned it. I'm glad for that. But yeah. just the, looking at the media treatment for, you know, a, an apparent domestic abuse victim, and yep. right, and teen mom and all of that stuff and raised in poverty and looking at her and the way she's treated and then contrast that you know, the way others are treated because why they have a D, not an R, behind their name. Well, Dawn, you're so right. And you you articulate it so beautifully. Um, as opposed to the people who were debating me about this, who were basically saying, well, you know, uh, your, your, um, you know, Sister Christine from the, you know, the, the Sisters of Perpetual Virginity, they were making the the claim that, well, what she did wasn't anything really wrong. It, it was wrong. It was inappropriate. But what you're saying and what you're doing is placing it in context that perhaps this is the acting out of an abused woman. That's very different than defending the conduct itself. And that's what a lot of people were doing. And I think that that's what rubbed me the wrong way. Yeah. Um, you, you, there's, there's no excuse for it. There is, there is no excuse for a sitting congresswoman to allow herself to be felt up in a movie theater and then blow vape steam, whatever it is, in the face of other people and mm-hmm. act out. It, it's just it, to, to defend that simply because she belongs to your team is wrong yeah. and it's always been wrong but but if you step back and you look at why she did what she did then you can have some sympathy and you can have some empathy and i'm glad that this is coming out because that information was not made available and yeah surprise 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 the mainstream media did yeah. not make that available <laughs> and they would have made that available this is almost a a mirror of what they did to Sarah Palin uh, 15 years ago when they were saying that her child was not her child, it was her daughter's child. I mean, just the disgusting, despicable things that they did. So, so yeah, I mean, I, I, I have, I do have sympathy for Lauren (laughs) Boebert and I, I do hope she, she finds, um, peace, comfort, and uh, that she gets out of whatever bad situation yeah. she's in. And maybe this is a wake-up call to her as well that, you know, maybe she she needs more help than going yeah. out with a uh, a man who's obviously taking advantage of yeah. the situation. this is true. Christine Flowers, until next time, my friend, thank you so much. Thank you, my darling. Take care. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network, from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. 
And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. You'll be glad you did.